You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, another Mock Draft Monday episode, checking in on some of the latest projections around the NFL. What could the 49ers be doing on Draft Day? Checking in with the Draft Network, as we do. Our good friends doing fantastic work over there at the Draft Network, and they have brand new mocks every Monday, so that works out perfectly for us here. And ESPN's Todd McShay has the 49ers moving around to find a quarterback. So we'll get into those things, a listener mock as well. Keep those listener mock drafts coming to me on Twitter at BDPeacock. And we'll dig into some of your questions that may or may not be draft-related to finish out the show at BD Peacock, or if you prefer, locked on 49ers at Gmail. Say hi, get involved in the mailbags that we'll be doing just about every day here, or feel free to yell at me for something I got wrong. Some programming notes for this week. Tuesdays start getting into a little heavier into free agency. We'll break it up to offense and defensive side of the balls. Hopefully there's no big quarterback news again. I want to have a quarterbackless episode Tuesday where we talk about the defensive free agents the 49ers could be interested in. And that market continues to grow with more players and more players getting cut. And I kind of want to waited to do the free agency previews because of that. And it's even still going. We're only a week out from that tampering period getting started up. Uh, We'll have a winky Wednesday. Then Thursday, I'll do the offensive side of the ball for NFL free agency. And beyond that, some fantastic guests lined up as we cover everything going on in the NFL. Looking ahead to the draft. Free agency will be happening and signings will be happening. Wonder if there might be some more cuts coming and announced in the next few days as well concerning the San Francisco 49ers. And the latest report from Greg Bedard, who covers the Patriots, saying that the runaway plan A for the New England Patriots is to reunite with Jimmy Garoppolo and trade for Jimmy G. A bigger priority than any other big names on the free agent market, uh, any of the other big names on the trade market for quarterbacks potentially playing in New England or going into the draft to pick 15 and selecting a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, the plan A. By far, Greg Bedard said, for the New England Patriots, which is quite interesting. Coming off the heels of the 49ers and John Lynch saying that he fully expects and throwing his support behind Jimmy Garoppolo, even if they're looking for a backup, that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the guy as the starter in 2021. Could the Jimmy G market start to heat up? Could there be a bigger market for Garoppolo than we have expected all along, including the 49ers liking him more than some people expect? What would have to happen for the 49ers to be okay with losing Jimmy Garoppolo? Could that offer come now without the Niners having another starter in place and ready to go? Talked about this with Winkler a couple of weeks ago. I asked him, okay, today, right now, the Patriots call you. And look, I'm not surprised at all the Patriots like Jimmy G and would be the team that would want him back. That makes sense. And that's always been the team that I thought uh, if, if Garoppolo wasn't with the Niners to start the season, it would be with the New England Patriots. What would that offer have to be for Winkler? to say, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that offer right now today and then figure it out later, figure out the rest of it. And he said, you know, if they were willing to offer their second round pick, which is just a couple picks behind the Niners' second round pick this year, then he'd be willing to do it now. And with this sort of news, I would imagine the Niners could get that. You think John Lynch should and would be willing to trade Garoppolo for a second round pick? Would he hold out for a first? 
maybe a future first, maybe trying to throw something else in to make this a little bit more enticing. Then what do you do? Do you flip that pick in a deal for Deshaun Watson? Do you just have more ammo for the draft? Do you try to trade up in the draft? I mean, there's a number of things that could happen here. I tend to think just strategically, if the 49ers wanted to do a deal for, say, Deshaun Watson, then you have to get someone like the Patriots involved now, and that sort of thing would have to get moving well before draft day. But if the Niners wanted to replace Jimmy Garoppolo with a rookie quarterback, and that was the plan, it would behoove the 49ers to maybe have something like that lined up, but not make that trade until they see exactly how the draft starts to fall. And maybe they realize when and where they can move up in the draft to get a quarterback. Maybe they have to wait to see if the right quarterback falls to them before they're able to make a move like that and then trade Jimmy G before the Patriots are on the clock just a couple of picks later. I could see that making a ton of sense, but then by then, who knows, maybe if the Patriots would have already made a move. Maybe the Patriots would kind of be in on it and be like, okay, yeah, let's do this. We agree to whatever compensation, but we'll keep everything hush-hush because the 49ers, it would just help them out on draft day for other teams not to know that they have to get a quarterback. If the 49ers trade away Jimmy Garoppolo and don't make another move for an obvious starting long-term quarterback, every team in the league and every analyst in the league is going to know the Niners are targeting one of those quarterbacks. And so uh, other teams could jump in front of the 49ers and would, would have more urgency there maybe to try to steal a quarterback away, knowing the Niners could be that team that would pick them. Maybe the team trading down with the 49ers if they wanted to move up would be asking for a lot more, knowing that that, was what was the, that would be the target. Uh, so it would make their life easier on draft day to have Jimmy Garoppolo and if they did have a deal lined up to do it then once they make that selection or once they're finally on the clock on draft day and know who that next quarterback they're about to draft is because if not the Niners going to draft day they would feel pressure and potentially have to give up a ton to make sure 100% that they get their next quarterback and go get the one they like in that case they might have to go all the way up to number three which would be exceptionally pricey and a move I don't necessarily love for the 49ers I think one of those quarterbacks they like has to start to fall to that 6-7 area speaking of how about a couple of the latest mock drafts that have the 49ers moving up to get a quarterback but first and see this is why you do podcasts in the evening apologies to those who like their podcast fresh Monday morning and getting this one out late on this mock draft Monday, but how about this Dak Prescott news just coming out. Dak Prescott is resigning with the Dallas Cowboys. Woo! Six years, $220 million, averaging $36.7 million per year. Big time deal for Dak Prescott. And Ooh, the, the Dallas Cowboys gambled and ended up having to pay a ton for Dak. They finally get this deal done. Nice for Dak, too, coming off that injury. So um, that's one big domino that needed to fall this offseason. We now know the Dallas Cowboys are not in the quarterback market. Dak is definitely staying put. No franchise tag, getting a long-term deal. And according to Adam Schefter, it's actually a four-year deal worth $155 million, which is an average of $38.75 million per year, $115 million of that, $155 fully guaranteed, and then a couple extra years that are opt-outable tacked on to the end of that contract. So, wow. Big, mega deal. Now, nearly official here with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott staying put 
in Dallas. Fun stuff. Check in Tuesday morning to the Peacock and Williamson podcast where we will get into more detail on that Dak Prescott Cowboys contract. Doesn't really affect the 49ers, except that Jimmy Garoppolo's contract looks a little more affordable in comparison. Dak making more per year than Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson's contract by the end of it, when we're talking about 2024, might look like a bargain in some cases as these quarterback contracts continue to skyrocket. And oh yeah, only $10 million against the cap in 2021 for Deshaun Watson. So it's actually a really nice deal the way that Watson deal is structured for a top five quarterback, in my opinion, better quarterback than Dak Prescott as far as NFL passers go. And another note, according to Adam Schefter, is he thinks this tips off that that TV contract is getting done and is massive and proves that that salary cap, while constricted a little bit in the short term, is going to balloon back up in the long term. And a lot of teams are going to have a lot of money to spend starting in maybe 2022, 2023 or so. I don't know. But at some point, the Deshaun Watson thing will have to move on from it. But it's super enticing for the 49ers. And if there is a team out there like the Patriots willing to give up a lot for Jimmy Garoppolo, that would only help something like that happen for the Niners. Still very unlikely, though. But wow, congrats to Dak Prescott cashing in on a long term deal. All right, we'll get to those mock drafts next here. And again, tune in to Peacock and Williamson. We'll be all over that Dak Prescott signing. Super Bowl Sunday has come and gone. The 2020 season is over, but there's plenty to bet on at betonline.ag when it comes to sports and football and NFL football. We've got NFL draft props, but maybe the funnest thing, I think it's Super Bowl Sunday and March Madness are the best times to bet on sports throughout the year. So this month is going to be fun. And we didn't get the tournament last year. It is tourney time, March Madness. Get in on the action at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, talking about contracts, I'm realizing I don't think we talked about the latest from Albert Breer, and we will get to the mocks in just a second. But Albert Breer had the 49ers, according to uh, an NFL cap guy, this I believe was one of the cap folks for one particular team had this on the ledger for all the teams in the NFL with the 49ers coming in with the ninth most cap space as of yesterday, as of Sunday, $28.02 million of cap space. And that is based on a $183 million projected salary cap for 2021 that the Niners would have the ninth most cap space in the NFL. Not official numbers, but... That's according to Albert Breer and someone inside the league that he talked to about teams cap situations in the NFL. You can go read his Monday morning quarterback and it has all the team breakdowns there. But the Niners with the ninth most and they got a little bump in cap space because of some incentives that were not earned last year. And when you don't earn incentives on your contract, those incentives get credited back to the following year's salary cap, even though they counted against last year's salary cap. So the 49ers got a little extra wiggle room there. And still with Weston Richburg, whatever they can do with D Ford, some other contracts, 
uh, they will be able to create even more space. So the 49ers, the situation might not be quite as dire as it once seemed for the 2021 salary cap and what they need to do in free agency. But again, that's 28.02. That could dwindle very quickly if they have to give 20 plus million dollars of that to Trent Williams, right? And maybe they end up backloading that. I don't know. But the 49ers can probably be creative and do most, if not all, of what they really, really need and want to do in free agency in 2021 based on some of the numbers we're seeing. And that's a on a $183 million cap. The floor is 180. It might be up closer to 190. If based on this DAC thing, if the if the league can sort of borrow from future years and that new huge TV deal that's being done, maybe up around 190-ish. So we'll see what that salary cap ends up being. 49ers are going to be okay, though. Uh, they should be able to do what they need to do for sure, and maybe even some wants thrown in there in free agency. And I'll talk more about that free agency, the top defensive and offensive players for the 49ers in free agency, if they might be able to dive in on some other teams' free agents coming up later in the week. Mock Draft Monday, though, is where we're at right now. And whew, the latest from Jordan Reed of the Draft Network has the 49ers moving up for a quarterback I really like. And the latest from Todd McShay of ESPN has the 49ers trading up from 12 to get a quarterback. I'm not quite as sold at this high. Let's start there. Todd McShay had the 49ers making, first of all, he had quarterbacks going one, two, three, four in his mock draft. He had um, the, the four that you would expect going top four. Trey Lance going fourth to the Atlanta Falcons. And then the Niners moving up with, the Denver Broncos to get a quarterback going from 12 to nine and selecting Alabama's Mac Jones. Don't love it. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Mac Jones that high. I have no doubt he is somebody that fits what I would have expected Kyle Shanahan to like in quarterbacks. Has Kyle's opinion changed over the last few years? Does he want a more explosive athlete? Does he want someone with maybe a bigger arm? The thing about Mac Jones, while physically he's not impressive, he can run an offense. We've seen that. He throws a nice deep ball. He's got some touch. Very Kirk Cousins-like. Are you excited to draft the next Kirk Cousins in the first round is the question. Are you excited to trade up for the next Kirk Cousins into the top 10? That's the question I have. Look, when he's a second-round prospect and the Niners are you know, not able to get anything done in the first round or, or on the clock, and he's still there in the 40s. Okay, you can convince me of Mac Jones there. In the first round, Mac Jones, I, I have a little bit of hesitation there, and certainly I'm not trading up for someone like Mac Jones, and I'm sure there would be a prospect on the board I would rather have at 12 than Mac Jones, which would have been the case here, which is why I like this trade-up even less in Todd McShay's mock draft, because Caleb Farley ends up going to a cornerback out of Virginia Tech who is a ridiculous athlete, one of Bruce Feldman's freaks. He's 6'2", runs a 4'3", has the highest upside of any cover guy in this draft. He can break on the ball at his size. It's just rare, rare ability. Maybe some some rawness to his game. He was a former wide receiver, so only played corner for a couple of years and then opted out of 2020. So he might not be shutdown guy from day one in the NFL, but he has all the traits to be a shutdown guy, and he would be my top corner in this class, and probably one of the best things the 49ers could do on draft day to land someone like Caleb Farley. So Farley and Patrick Sertan and 
Mac Jones were all on the clock at nine. I mean, if that's the case, even if you do like Mac Jones, you're still sitting back and saying, no, look, okay, Jones goes, who cares? And look, the teams at 10 and 11 aren't going to draft Jones. So who's, why are you trading up at that point? If you didn't want to trade up earlier, why are you waiting to nine to trade up when you know that if the Broncos aren't going to take him there, then he's definitely falling to you anyway. And with three picks left, you have the quarterback and you have the two top corners still in the draft and maybe your pick of defensive ends at that point as well. So that trade-up makes zero sense to me. Uh, I'm not on board with Todd McShay's mock at all for the 49ers, but I do find it interesting that someone who talks to a lot of people around the league like Todd McShay has five quarterbacks going in the top 10. I find it hard to believe that all five end up going that high in the top nine picks of the draft going one, two, three, four in a row to start the draft. I mean, it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. And I don't, this club, this is a good class of quarterbacks, but they're not, we've had better classes of quarterbacks and you see guys start to fall at some point. So uh, we just saw it in 2018. So who knows, will it go down that way? Would Mac Jones be the guy the 49ers really like and have to trade up for? I have my doubts, but I could see Kyle Shanahan really liking Mac Jones too. There's more questions about Mac Jones in the mailbag. We'll get to that. Um, Looking at the draft network, they have the 49ers moving up as well with quarterbacks going one, two, three here. The Panthers trading up to three to draft Justin Fields, by the way, Jordan Reed, great mock draft here, friend of the program. He was on breaking down these rookie quarterbacks a couple months ago with me on the show and all that information still relevant because it was toward the end of the college football season and uh, he had already seen a lot of tape and some and some quarterbacks like in the case of Trey Lance didn't put anything else on tape since then because he had only one game in 2020 but Trey Lance is exactly who he had the 49ers selecting at number seven overall trading up with the Detroit Lions to draft North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. And Trey Lance I like a lot. Trey Lance I have clearly ahead of Mac Jones. And I have probably a full round higher than Mac Jones. I like Trey Lance a lot. I He's not ready to go yet. I think he's probably the perfect quarterback to pair with Jimmy Garoppolo if Garoppolo sticks around. I don't think you draft Trey Lance and plug him in as a starter in week one. But he has so much ability and so much potential. And I just want to see a quarterback like that with Kyle Shanahan and what he could potentially do. And I think if Trey Lance had that full 2020 of starting experience and that starting experience was say for a D one college, um, I think he, you know, against better competition because it's, it's a fair criticism of Trey Lance that he only started for one plus season and played at that FCS level. I think Trey Lance would be the clear number two prospect in this draft. I think that's that's what he could be. And uh, I think there's a lot to like, even more so about him than Justin Fields in a lot of cases, except I, I think teams will feel better about Justin Fields because he played against better competition, because he had that extra full season of starting experience. And, oh, yeah, he's a freak of nature and has a cannon arm and super athletic and uh, is a really good prospect in his own right, too. So, you know, it's... the. Trey Lance is going to lose out on the ties to a lot of these guys. Now, does he lose out on the tie to someone like Mac Jones, who's completely the opposite, who played this big-time program at Alabama and won all these huge games uh, but might not have all the high-weight speed that Trey Lance does? That'll be interesting, and we'll see how teams evaluate these quarterbacks. And I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as we all think it is with who the top few guys are going to be. And who knows, maybe Trey Lance falls all the way to the Niners at 12 and beyond. And maybe Mac Jones goes in the top eight like it's being rumored. Or maybe... Jones, at the end of the day, ends up falling into the second round like I think he should. So we'll see how 
all of these things turn out. Here's what's interesting is it doesn't really cost more for the 49ers to move up to seven with the Lions pick than it did in McShay's mock to move up and draft Mac Jones, which is another reason why I think this is the right place to strike. I think the Lions pick at seven, maybe right in front of them, the Eagles pick at six, but getting in front of the Carolina Panthers, if the Panthers are still picking at eight, and they might have already selected at pick three if they move up like they did in this mock draft, and it's pretty common to see the Panthers move up in these mocks. Uh, but if the 49ers did move up, it would have to be a deal where they didn't have to give up future first-round picks, in my opinion. A quarterback would have to fall to the point where they could do it and not have to give up that much. And in both of these mock drafts, they did have to give up a little bit too much. And I would say, you know what? Let's just hang at 12 and and see who's there. Especially in this draft because the Panthers had already traded up. So do you really need to move up? And again, the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback most likely at 11. They got Daniel Jones. Cowboys just signed Dak at 10. The Broncos need help on the other side of the ball. I think they do really like Drew Locke. We're going to talk with Cody Rourke of Locked On Broncos this week, in fact, Wednesday on the Peacock and Williamson NFL podcast about some of these ideas uh, if he thinks that the Broncos will be going quarterback. And I actually had the Broncos trading up to get a quarterback in my personal mock draft. I think the Broncos should be taking a quarterback. Maybe in Denver, they're not really feeling that way. And so, you know, and since the Panthers already traded out at eight, who's drafting that quarterback? Is a team jumping in front of the 49ers, is that why it's a proactive move to trade up with the Lions? So I think there's a lot of ways where you could look at this and be like, look, hold your water because some quarterbacks are going to fall. They're not just going to go one, two, three, four, five in this draft. And there's other really good prospects. Saw that Micah Parsons, linebacker that uh, the Lions select here in this mock draft at 12 after moving back with the 49ers, he ran four fours and he's a super athletic freak of nature. Kyle Pitts going up there. I mentioned Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan. Uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, the two Alabama wide receivers. There's a lot of other pretty good prospects. And when they go through the process and do their pro days and put up their numbers and people are blazing in the 40s, I think right now all the hype is around the quarterbacks. But I think in free agency and some trades, some quarterback stuff will be uh, solidified. The Eagles, I don't know if they're going to go quarterback. Their owner uh, was reportedly on board with building around Jalen Hurts there in Philly. So I don't know if you have to be that proactive to get a quarterback as long as you're cool to one of the top four or five. But if you really want one specific guy and you know he's going to be gone really early, then maybe you do have to move all the way up to, you know, three or four to make that happen, which would be super pricey. But Jordan's mock has the Niners moving up to seven with the Lions for Trey Lance. And I like Trey Lance and I wouldn't be necessarily super against this, but I just don't like giving up the future first round pick and a three and a four to move up that high. I'd be offering the Lions a second rounder if they don't like it. Then you stay pat at 12 and see who's there for you. Or maybe try to get up a, uh, on a little bit of a shorter trade up. And maybe the Broncos trade to nine would make more sense if it was for a different quarterback because I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones. That high, at least. I do like Mac Jones, just not that much. And McShay talked about it being a second plus either a second or maybe a first next year. And it's just too pricey. And I know it can cost a little bit more. There's an upcharge if you are moving up for a quarterback, which brings me back to the point I made earlier. If you have a deal with Garoppolo in advance, it would make sense to not announce that deal to the world yet. If you could make it happen on draft day while you're on the clock, make your move, then draft your quarterback, then announce the trade of Garoppolo to New England or something like that. Because if you still have Garoppolo, I think it'll make the 49ers feel a lot easier about their current quarterback situation, feel less like they have to go make a huge move up and trade a bunch of picks to go get a quarterback in the draft. Now, 
I would be willing to give up a ton to go trade for Deshaun Watson because you know who that player is, but to give up multiple first-round picks and still not know exactly who you're getting at quarterback, that's a tough sell for me unless the Niners can go up just a couple of spots and don't have to dip into that future first-round pick. I think that's one of the keys for me. Could they go from 12 to 9 and do that? I think they should be able to. Can they go to 7 and do that? Might be a little bit more difficult, but I think it's also possible. We'll see. We'll continue to cover all of those angles right here on Locked On 49ers, mock drafts every Monday, all the latest mocks from the media and from the listeners. Let's check in on a listener mock next and get to some of your questions. March Madness is here, and the folks at Built Bar are joining in, uh, urged on by us in our Locked On Network DMs, arguing about which is the best Built Bar flavor. Well, now we've got a bracket to really hash things out. I'm team peanut butter, like the entire peanut butter family for me. So we've got some play-in rounds this week, round of 16 next week, round of eight the following week, uh, final four, then April 2nd, the Built Bar Championship. Which flavor of Built Bars will reign supreme? Today's matchups are matchup number one, Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff. An interesting one. I don't That one's really hard for me to say who I think will win that, but uh, matchup two is quite easy. The raspberry flavor is fine. It's actually really good. In fact, I think either team in the matchup number two would beat either team in matchup number one. But for me, peanut butter brownie, uh, that is a runaway winner here for me in matchup number two what is your favorite flavor of built bar go to builtbar.com and vote find bar underscore built on twitter to make your voice heard and go pick yourself up a box of built bars with promo code locked on 20 for 20 percent off for our listener mock today let's go to rdc on twitter who has the niners moving down and uh, going from 10 picks to 13 picks in this draft class, going for a huge haul, going with a safe pick early, the move down, safe player early, then a bunch of high upside players later in the draft. I like that strategy. Let's dive into who RDC has the Niners taking in his mock. He has the Niners taking Mac Jones, but this is after a trade down. Much more palatable situation than a trade up, certainly for Mac Jones, in my opinion, going down to pick 24 and taking Mac Jones. Who's 24? Is that the Steelers? I wonder who the Steelers moved up to get. That is very interesting. Uh, Mac Jones at 24, then in the second round with their original second round pick, cornerback Greg Newsome, the second out of North Carolina. I like that. I think he fits the height, weight, speed, starting capable requirements that the 49ers might be looking for in an outside corner. I really like this player, and at 55, I think it'd be a nice value of wide receiver Rondale Moore, who is a dynamic player, can get open underneath. I have no doubt Shanahan would like him, could help out in the return game as well. Not the long downfield linear type of receiver I think the 49ers offense could use but uh, definitely a really good player an explosive athlete in Rondale Moore I think he might actually sneak into the end of round one could be in that wide receiver four or five territory but I could absolutely see him uh, fall to the middle of round two as well Peyton Turner defensive end at pick 77 another one of those extra draft picks there, going with a wide receiver and a defensive end with the extra selections in round two pick 102 in uh, at the very end the comp pick the Robert Sala comp pick going with the running back Kenneth Gainwell he says he wanted to go offensive line but they were just off the board so he went with the running back there uh, running back for Kyle Shanahan's 
offense at 102. Better place for a running back as well. You can start talking to me about running backs after the top 100. So at 102, you can put the running backs back on the board. I'm okay with that, even though uh, you know if you listen to this pod, don't necessarily like running backs on day one and two. That late on day two, though, the end of round three, I could be convinced for the right player. Gainwell, an athletic guy, a little bit undersized, 5'11", 191 pounds. Early entrant out of Memphis, a redshirt sophomore, but averaged over six yards per carry, has some receiving ability. Obviously, with his size, you could guess he's super athletic and really good in short areas. So I think he could be a player that would really flourish in Kyle Shanahan's offense and a player that Kyle Shanahan might want to try to target a pass catching style back in this draft if he was to go that route in round three. So I'm okay with it. You might think I would crush RDC for that running back pick in round three, but this one's uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Kenneth Gainwell outside of the top 100 selections. He comes back in round four with an offensive lineman, a tackle guard, prospect in Royce Newman. I know a lot of people listening to this are probably wanting an offensive lineman much earlier than 117 overall, but I understand sometimes you do one of these mocks and using, uh, you don't just get to pick any old player that's there. You have to choose from what's being generated in the mock draft machine, and there was no offensive lineman you thought were valuable early on. I get that. But yeah, I, I could see offensive line being a bigger need than 117 overall. But adding some extra picks, well, I'm on board so far. Let's let's keep this rolling into uh, round five. We've got defensive tackle Marvin Wilson, and this is where our DC gets a little traitsy. A lot of upside and traits he's going for here on day three. Defensive tackle Marvin Wilson, defensive back Kerry Vincent Jr., uh, Patrick Johnson, defensive end, linebacker Garrett Wallow. There is Tamarion Terry, which is a fantastic name, by the way. Another wide receiver. Again, upside and traits. Offensive lineman, a center from Stanford, Drew Dahlman. Chris Dahlman's kid who fits the scheme. Outside zone type of uh, undersized center. Like this pick here late in the draft here. And in the 49ers connections, he says, there's too many not to take him here. And I, I like that. I think you might see Drew Dahlman show up in the sixth or seventh round of some of the mocks I'm doing as well. Cause I like the fit and I love the last name. I love the former 49ers coming back. Those were the teams that Kyle Shanahan grew up watching as did I. And then the very last selection here, round seven safety, Jamar Johnson. So that is RDC's mock draft. Got to give him high marks. I like what he did here, moving down and trying to really rebuild the depth of the 49ers roster and look if you move down draft Mac Jones late in round one feel a lot better with that than taking him at 12 and especially better than moving up for Mac Jones let's go to Harry who says what do you think of trading for Stefan Gilmore if dealing Jimmy G to the Patriots I've seen that idea floated out there that potentially a Jimmy Garoppolo swap for Stefan Gilmore could make some sense and on the surface it does make some sense I think I'd rather go with the draft pick if it's a second rounder than Stephon Gilmore just because Gilmore's age and his salary situation. Now, he's cheap for 2021 for the type of player he has been, but he's coming off a quad injury, and you have to try to re-up him. So he becomes a free agent, so you're really trading Garoppolo for only one year of Gilmore. Would Gilmore even want to play under that deal? Would there have to be an extension as part of the deal? Do you want to extend Gilmore and give him a bunch of money at his age? Um you know, fell off a little bit last year. Was it because of the injuries? I'm not sure. So that one makes me a little bit uneasy. I'd rather draft a second round corner and and go that route or utilize that second round pick in another way and spend some free agent dollars on one of your own corners 
then trade for Gilmore. But if it's the only offer, I, I understand it. And it, it, it does make some sense. Niners will have some needs. And if Gilmore is anything like vintage Gilmore for the 49ers, even, even getting him back for one year would be pretty valuable. And I would assume that there would be some sort of an extension mixed in. If it's not a crazy extension, then I could see it. And it does make some sense. I would lean toward the second round draft pick right now, though, um, because, again, it's almost like the Trent Williams thing all over again. Now you have a corner, okay, in Gilmore, but long term doesn't help you necessarily unless there's a deal involved with that. And can you afford that deal with all the other free agents that you have? And what are you doing at quarterback, right? Because you don't have any extra picks to try to move up. Who's your quarterback this year? And so for all those reasons, I don't know. And why are the Patriots so intent on trading him anyway? Maybe let him just hit the free agent market and draft him if the, if the Patriots are going to um, cut him or something. I don't know. I, th- that's a really interesting situation to me. And it's a very Patriots thing to do, try to trade a guy a year before he becomes a free agent. But don't the Patriots want to win a little bit right now? I'm sure Bill Belichick didn't like losing last year. Why wouldn't the Patriots just want to roll with Gilmore then let him walk next year in free agency and take the comp pick rather than trade him now unless they can get a ton? And maybe they think they can get a ton, and that's why they're shopping Gilmore a year before he becomes a free agent. But uh, just very interesting there with the New England Patriots, Stephon Gilmore, and that whole situation. I get the connection to the 49ers in a Garoppolo deal. But give me the picks, man. Give me the draft picks. I'm trying to build this thing long term. All right, there's a bunch more questions I see here that I want to get to. Uh, We will continue to hit those questions throughout the week. Talk free agency. We've got a winky Wednesday. Some guests lined up. We'll be talking with JT O'Sullivan maybe next week. But he's definitely coming on the program to talk about quarterback prospects that he's breaking down on his quarterback school, the QB school channel on YouTube, which you must check out. He's really good. He's a really good teacher, actually. I, I love watching his YouTube stuff because it, I learn a lot about quarterback play when I watch it. And uh, so I'm excited to talk quarterback prospects with JT. 49ers legend coming up soon on the pod, along with some other guests throughout the offseason right here. Locked on 49ers. <laughs> 